In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text is our Old Testament lesson from Genesis chapter 1. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Amen. What is necessary for life to exist? I'm sure you know at least part of the answer to this question, for you know the answer to the question, what the plants need to grow. Interestingly, but not unexpectedly, the answers to these questions tie us to Jesus. We see this in the Gospel according to John, which begins by talking about Jesus, the very Word of God. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was there in the beginning. God of God, very God of very God, uncreated, infinite, eternal, of one substance with the Father, with whom his glory and majesty equals. Jesus is God, not one of the gods, but he is the one God, one with the Father and the Spirit. Through him everything was created, everything was made. Through him the world took shape and life was given to all creatures, including us. But not only life, light also came, light that reveals who God is. God's light shone in creation from God the Son, the Word of God. For through the Word, the Father created all things. Through Jesus, the world took shape and form. Through Jesus, light shone upon the world. Day was created and the darkness was separated from it. Light shone into the darkness and it was not overcome. It has been shining ever since. This light came from the sun, from the word of God. In the beginning, it was the earthly light that God the Son created, but it was not the only light at the beginning, for God himself shone upon the world. Jesus was the light that gave life to the world, and he still is the light that gives us life. This is what we see happening at Jesus' baptism. Jesus shines a light of hope and life into this dead and dying world as he is baptized in the Jordan River and heaven is opened up. Jesus reveals who he is at baptism. He shines a light on God the Father and his identity. The Father speaks at his baptism. Here is my son. God reveals himself. He shines a light on himself, and all this through the Son of God. In Jesus, we see God, and we learn about God the Father. He is our light, but more importantly, he is our life. Through him, we were created, and through him, we also have new life. He brings us the new creation. His baptism is that point at which Jesus ties himself to sinful man. He is the perfect one receiving a baptism of repentance. Everyone else went into the waters confessing their sins, but Jesus goes 
in. Perfect. And pleasing to the Father. He confesses our sins. For he has come to take those sins upon himself. He enters the waters to be with sinners and stand as one of them. He was sent to do this. Just as the Son was sent out at the beginning to create the world, to create light, to set the world in order, Jesus does again in coming to the world to set it right again. He comes to a chaotic world and he brings a new order to it, an order of life and light. He brings the truth that shines in the darkness. But Jesus is not alone in this task. The Holy Spirit is also at work. We see the Spirit descending upon Jesus at his baptism. The Spirit hovers over the waters and is upon Jesus, blessing his work as the Messiah. This is just what happened at the beginning of creation. The Holy Spirit hovered over the waters and with the word of God carried out creation according to the direction of God the Father. The Spirit worked with the Son to heal and recreate, just as He worked with the Word of God in the beginning to create. We see the Genesis narrative happening again at Jesus' baptism. Because of sin, God's creation is once again becoming void and losing its form as the world slowly disintegrates into disorder and chaos. The form of life has been lost among men who have become void of goodness. So God takes his creation and having entered into the world in the flesh, now gives his life into a new beginning of mankind. In, ba in his baptism, Jesus is tying himself to sinful man in order to bring us life in the middle of the water. Jesus is renewing his purposes for water as water was present in the beginning and connected to the creation and birth of all created things, so now it has become connected to the new creation and the rebirth of mankind. And as at creation, Jesus is not alone, for the Holy Spirit is present, hovering over the waters. He is present to bestow that life and to accomplish along with Jesus what he was sent to do. The Holy Spirit connects us to Jesus and his work. He connects us to the light and life of men. He connects us to our Savior. And he does so in the waters of baptism. Those waters bring us Christ's life and work. Those waters connect us to the life. They reconnect us to God. Our connection to God had been lost. Sin destroyed the light and image of God in our life. We were disconnected from God and we continue to struggle with this. God's light and lamp to our feet has shown us how to live and what is good and right. We know all manner of sexual immorality is wrong. We know drunkenness is sin. We know gossip and lies are of the devil. We know God hates swindling and stealing by legal means. We know that hatred is murder. But still, 
we do these very things which we know we should not do. But not only this, we do not always do the good we should do. We should stand for injustice and stand up for the poor, innocent, helpless, and those who have no voice. We should help those who are hurt or injured. We should protect our neighbor's reputation. We should preserve his property and things. We should listen to our parents and honor all authorities. All this and more we should be doing, but we neglect these. Such a fallen creation needs to be destroyed. It needs to be wiped out. It needs to be obliterated and forever removed. But God did not desire his creation to be lost. He did not want it wiped out. No, instead, God chose to recreate his creation. He chose to redeem it. God the Father sends his word into the world to bring new light and life to it. Jesus enters the world and ties himself to us. He enters the waters of the Jordan to be joined by the Holy Spirit and recreating man. In these waters, Jesus ties himself to us and begins his ministry of redemption and forgiveness. He is appointed at this time to bring to completion the work he was sent to do. He is appointed to carry forth the plan of God. He goes to the cross and dies. He sheds his blood for sinful man. Jesus sacrifices himself and takes our destruction. He takes the obliteration we deserved. God dies for his creation. And you are forgiven. But not only does he die, he rises again. He brings new life. He brings recreation. He brings restoration. Your sins are wiped away and forgiven, and you are cleansed and purified. All of this Jesus connects to plain water and the miracle of baptism. For in baptism, the water is now connected to Jesus, to his baptism, to his life, to his death, to his resurrection, to his first creation, and to his new creation. This water has become a powerful blessing because Jesus and the Holy Spirit together are using it. The word of God has come into the water and the Holy Spirit has come alongside to bring us Jesus in that water. In this water, we have the new creation. We have new life. We have a new beginning. In this water, we have the next day of creation, the eighth day. We know God created in six days and rested on the seventh. Those days repeat creating our weekly cycle, a cycle which will one day end in Christ's coming. This is the eighth day, the eternal everlasting day in the new heavens and earth where there will be no night or darkness as we live by the light of the Lamb in his eternal city. The eighth day is the day we once again dwell with God face to face. It is the beginning of creation restored. It is a new creation, the creation with which we saw a foretaste of in Jesus' resurrection. For Jesus died on the sixth day, 
and rested in the tomb on the seventh day. But on the eighth day, he rose again. The light shone in the darkness. Just as on the first day, the sun brought forth light, so on the first day of the week, also the eighth day, God brought forth light in the midst of the darkness of death. God's light overcame. This is why many baptismal fonts have eight sides to remind us that these blessed waters connect us to the light of the world. Jesus, who was baptized with and for us and who rose on the eighth day, which ties us to the first day and the creation of the world, which ties us to the word of God bringing us life at the beginning and again and redemption along with the Holy Spirit, who is still working this blessed new life in you. The eighth day is at work in you, for the Holy Spirit is with you, bringing the new creation of Christ Jesus. You have been born anew, and you stand at the edge of the end of the old creation and at the beginning of the new creation. You stand by God's grace, new and holy. You are forgiven and cleansed. You are recreated, made into the image of the Son of God, recast into Christ's image. You are the newly recreated mankind walking with God in the light as the new day dawns and Christ returns. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.